Welcome to the Tideline Talks podcast, where we discuss all things related to sports medicine, health and wellness. We dispel common myths and misconceptions regarding healthcare, and we do it in a way that's easy to understand. It's hosted by yours truly, Dr. Michael Slafani, founder of Tideline Sports Performance and Rehabilitation. Welcome back to another episode of the Tideline Talks podcast, fam. Um, Brandon, the office manager here, sitting down with Steve Coyne, who is an online coach, strongman athlete, event promoter, and international man of mystery, back for his second podcast episode with us. Um, He did his first podcast episode a few months ago. Um, It's episode 61, so feel free to peruse uh, through our podcast episode list and grab that one if you want a little bit more information on who Steve is and what he does, Um, because we're not going to touch too much on that today since uh, he already had his introduction podcast. Um, It'll also be linked in the description here, um, so you can give a click and easily head over to that episode. Um, On today's episode, we're going to be eating some beef heart, some beef liver, blueberries, drinking sparkling water, um, and honestly, just kind of shooting the shit, seeing, you know, how Steve's been, what he's been up to, uh, talking about his personal life, um, some mindset stuff, and uh, just kind of take it from there, guys. So welcome back to the podcast, Steve. How you doing, man? Doing awesome. Good to be back at Tideline. Feeling pretty good on a uh, nice high from several events. One that I ran in March. I also competed last weekend. You know, business is going well. Personal life going pretty well. So, you know, really, really feeling good. Good to be back. That's awesome, man. And, um, you know, out of all the guests I've had, uh, you know, and it's not to say that I don't love all of my guests. I just feel like uh, you and I rap pretty well on the podcast together. So I'm excited to be back uh, just shooting the shit with you another time and generating some good content for our listeners and just having a good conversation. Cause uh, honestly, that's what these episodes, at least for me, when I do them are all about is just having good conversations with good people and seeing how much fun and how much information we can get out of each other and, and kind of push each other in that conversation. So uh, I'm a little nervous, so I'd like to just go ahead and eat some beef liver. Let's go. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> just for, go for it. For those of y'all listening, we, we joked the last time that I was out here that I was going to bring some, uh, some animal organs. So I did actually cook up right before I came here, um, liver and heart. These have both been seared in bone marrow. So like, you know, the kind of more browner ones are liver here and these like thicker pieces are heart. So, you know, whichever you want first, I personally like a lot of people do not like the taste of liver. I understand whatever. I still enjoy it. And then heart actually tastes pretty good. It just tastes like a roast in my opinion. So, you know, have you, have you had liver before? I've had nothing. You've, you have not. So this is a, I've had neither. This is a popping cherry moment here. Great. Awesome. So first time with liver. Which Let's, one's which? You um, give me a piece. So this is liver and the, like the darker ones are heart. Okay. So this is liver here. Yes. The yeah. Grab. Little, little small piece. We got cheers. Piece. Yep. Cheers. Cheers. Let's go. People freak out about that. They do freak out about it. You know, well, when, when it is like, you know, when it comes out as is, it's like very gooey. You know, I guess the more I chew it, the weirder it is. It is yeah. Um, no, but it's okay. But like I, I get it in very thin slices You did a good job here. cooking it though. Yeah, yeah. But uh, up next, uh, for real though, heart is my favorite tasting organ. This is good. I'm so nervous now. My heart's uh, racing 100 miles an hour. If you can do liver, you can do heart. This is the heart? Um, no, this would be liver. a piece of heart. This one's a heart. Yeah. I just don't want too big of a piece. Just can, in case. You can just rip it in half if you want. Just care. in case. Yeah, right, right. right. So cheers, cheers to the heart. heart. Cheers to the heart. You got it. That's actually pretty, the heart is actually good consistency. Absolutely, heart the liver really, got a little weird after a few chews, but if you were to like, you know, if I were to give you like thinly cut up piece of that, if I were just to give you that, you'd be like, oh, that's some sort of steak, right? I would think that actually. Yeah, yeah. All right, so you know, if you want, I just ate another animal's heart. <laughs> yes, and this also again, I want to iterate, has been cooked in uh, bone marrow. So but, it's not uh, raw. Not raw, has been cooked. I am haven't taken the plunge to uh, have any raw organs yet, but do want to like touch on this just as a like nutritional thing. Obviously, liver king, huge last year or so. And the guy is a caricature. Always, he's on some raw testicle kick right now. But the uh, fact of the matter is, is that animal organs are the most nutrient dense foods you can get. I mean, really, really. And one of the things I like the most about heart is it's got a lot of, uh, you know, COQ10, which, you know, powers your brain a little bit, but that also is one of the essential things that converts food and fuel into energy, you know? So 
you have to have a balanced diet of all these different things. But, you know, if you don't have the right micronutrients, the right vitamins and minerals, a lot of that stuff cannot go out to its full potential. So these are not things that have to be eaten every day. You know, you can have it like once a week and still reap a lot of benefits. Like the liver, for example, has vitamin A in it, which is very important to regulate your circadian rhythm, you know, and mm -hmm. obviously sleep is super important. So aside from all the the memes of liver cane, da, 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 whatever, I mean, like who cares? Guys on steroids, big whoop. But, uh, you know, the, <laughs> there's some truths in there. Don't let like, you know, clowns like that, you know, take away from the fact that this stuff can be really, really, really good for you. Yeah, no, I mean, I totally agree. And um, Steve and I were kind of chatting about the past a little bit before the episode even started. Um, he wanted to ask me this question, and I'll just kind of bring it up because it was what we were talking about, and it segues into uh, animal organs. And I'll bring that question up in a minute. But, you know, with the animal organs, like, there is a lot of efficacy to this throughout human history, right? Like, the Native American Indians, that's literally what they did. They ate the entire animal. And yep. they were extremely healthy. There was actually no disease in America until people came from Europe to come over to America. And um, the diseases that they brought with them completely wiped out the Native American population, about 90% of it, before America started their war on the Indians. And, you know, in my mind, through a lot of the research I've done, I believe it's because of their holistic lifestyle. They were, you know, living off the earth. Everything was holistic. There was no, you know, monocrop stuff. They were eating full animals, organs, all of that. So the diseases that were over in Europe from the way that Europe, um, I guess the civilization was, didn't actually occur over here because it was more natural and they weren't eating those things in Europe either. And nothing was as natural. There were big cities and that can really, uh, you know, spread germs and diseases. So, there is a lot of efficacy in history to what Steve's saying. Obviously, yes, in nutritional science as well. But um, both of those, when they're working together, should prove that these things are good for you. And um, it's really cool that you brought that up. And I didn't even know that about CoQ10. Like, I mean, I knew That's what CoQ10 so much was, of it in heart. but I didn't know that it yeah. that there's a lot in heart. Um, mm -hmm. So that's really cool to learn. And if you're listening, that stuff is relatively cheap because people don't want it. You know, it, it will save you time and money and they're all super high protein, very low fat, pretty much any organ you can get. So just, you know, if you're listening to this, chances are you're probably getting a pretty high protein diet. So, you know, just a tip on that, if only for the protein and finances alone, you know, look into it. That's, that's all I got to say about that. Where do you get yours from? Just, uh, you know, so that way listeners can. Publix has frozen thinly sliced pieces of liver. And my butcher at Publix, shout out Jimmy, no way that he's listening to this, but if you are, what's up, man, um, <laughs> will order me a beef heart when I ask and usually gets it in within two days, keeps it in the back. It's fresh, whole thing, usually like four to five pounds. Um, all you got to do is ask your butcher at Publix. That's pretty cool. And That's then awesome. they have they have marrow bones at Publix too. Just ask, they have them. They're all sorts of uh, different cuts, this and that. Uh, all good for you. That's awesome, man. Thanks for uh, sharing where to pick those supplies up because um, obviously we want to talk about it and let people know where to grab them from. Yeah. I didn't even know you could get those from Publix. I figured there was like a sure butcher enough. or animal farm around here that um, you were going to. Uh, that's great though, man. So uh, why don't we segue um, into the world's strongest manatee now that we've eaten some uh, organs, <laughs> some, you know, organs. shot the shit for a minute. Yeah. Um, you know, you had your uh, world's strongest manatee event. Uh, a few months ago, you know, the Tylide team and I were there. Really fantastic event. Uh, tons of our clients participated. I believe tons of your clients participated as well. Mm -hmm. uh, why don't you give us, you know, an overview of uh, the event, how you believe it went, um, any challenges you might have, and really just anything you want to, you know, chat about with everybody. The event was awesome. You know, it's far greater uh, <laughs> than I could have ever imagined. You know, it was a pretty big undertaking. We moved from CrossFit Havoc, where last year when me and Brandon Hardy at Barbell Vice worked together, we ran a strongman and powerlifting meet together and we had just about 500 people there. Uh, but we maxed out the space, like absolutely maxed out. So we immediately set our sights like we're going to do this again. So we visited the uh, Manatee County Fairgrounds. It ended up being an amazing deal. It was perfect for what we're looking for. Coincidentally, without even talking to each other, Brandon and I had both wanted to do a meet, his powerlifting, me strongman, on a rodeo pitch. He had done one many years ago. I believe it was a ghost meet in Miami that was on a rodeo pitch. And I had done the Mammoth Classic in Kentucky in 2019 that was on a rodeo pitch. 
So when we went over to check it out, we were both like, oh, I've always wanted to do this. And he said, oh, I've always wanted to do this. So boom, perfect. Um, and you know, it's, it was outdoors, undercover, massive space. And we were actually, able- Not to cut you off, but it actually felt nice and cool under there. It was awesome. Like during the event, I would I was on the tents, you know, with Tideline and it got pretty hot. I went to go watch some of the event and it was just nice and cool under there. Nice, huge really breeze that day. The day before, there was a 30 mile an hour gusts that knocked over a couple of tents. Fortunately, we didn't have that, but- uh, it was, you know, really successful. We were able to double the total attendance from the previous year, which is pretty amazing. We ended up, uh, I believe our count was 1,200 people on site. Oh, wow. You know, for our first kind of run at such a thing, that's pretty amazing. You know, I personally have always wanted to run an expo since I was about 18. You know, like as I grew up in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, I used to go to the Dallas Europa it's now the uh, USA Fit Games, which they have in Orlando as well, and it was it was phenomenal. But of course, some challenges here and there, you know, uh, having to learn how to just organize things, such as like vendor booth placement, like organization, you know, how to funnel people in, how to handle parking, uh, you know, things that like definitely improve could be improved upon logistically. But everybody seemed very happy. You know, any sort of negative feedback or criticism was um, always, well, was, was coupled up with something like, however, it was amazing. Here's some things to work on. However, we had a great time, you know, so things that like I personally am going to look to improve upon uh, a map of all the vendors and everybody on board, Uh, you know, just better like flow for athletes, spectators and vendors to get in and like set up or do whatever they need to do like that. Um, little things. Yeah. And it's all little things, but you know, the way that the events ran powerlifting ran very well. Strongman, which I did ran tremendously well. This is one of the most fun shows that I personally have put on and been a part of. This was my 15th, I think. Oh wow. That, that I ran. You've organized. And yeah. Done. Yeah. Um, you know, while also having the undertaking of the whole branching thing, CrossFit ran very well. And there was tag team jujitsu, which also ran very fun. And, and that was cool because a lot of people were thinking, what the hell is tag team jujitsu? I watched a little bit. Yeah, it was right? pretty it was, sick. It was awesome. Yeah, it was a really good concept. Um, and I love how, you know, my favorite part about um, what you did at World's Strongest Manatee is like, yes, it was a great event. Um, yes, it was a lot of hard work for you. And like, you should be proud of yourself. But, you know, what means more to me is just the fact that the community was there. Every part of the fitness community was there, you know, Mm -hmm. didn't matter what type of training you like to do, um, what you like to compete in. People came who didn't compete in those sports to watch, you know, I love bodybuilding. That's just the style of training that I love the most, you know, and I went and I absolutely loved the event myself and I got to hang out with like-minded people. And, you know, it's just really nice to see that many people, um, of the same mindset, come together through different avenues and just have a really positive time and celebrate fitness and, you know, personal strength and all of that stuff. It was really great event, Steve. Thanks. Yeah. That's, you pretty much hit uh, one of the core reasons of why I like to put these things on. And that's, that's the collective, you know, you can, if you're training in your garage gym by yourself, you can create a pretty good atmosphere, but you'll never be able to mimic Live sport, live competition, you know, whole collective of people pushing themselves to the absolute limit. It just raises everybody up, you know, and it, it, there's a lot of moments where somebody that maybe has never competed, has no intention of competing, they're going to see somebody do something so Herculean or so epic that it will inspire them just to be a little bit better, whether they want to do it in the gym or otherwise, right? You know, for example, um, shout out Molly Urakadu. Uh, she was, I don't want to like guess the age wrong, but she had to be the oldest woman competitor that we had for the strongman competition. And she put on a show all day long, you know, and she was one of the, I don't believe she finished the truck pull, but she had one of the best performances on the uh, tractor arm over arm rope pull all day long. And, you know, when you see people that like might be more muscular than her, look like they've maybe been doing this longer than her, no offense, you know perform less good and then she shows up and kills it you're like oh my god dude she freaking brought it and that's uh you know it's just trying to create those moments where we all get something out of it even if it's just like a really really huge positive energy buzz mm-hmm. that carries on into the next day weeks years what whatever it can be you know yeah no 100 percent. and you know what i love most about hearing that story about 
um, that competitor is, you know, I, you can argue the percentage as much as you want, but I'd probably say that 75% of physical training, whether it's a competition, a workout you're doing, a run you're going on, whatever it is, I believe that at least 75% of that is all mental. Um, and the way that you mentally attack the day, how you feel about yourself and um, the way that you attack things. And, you know, I think she's would be a great example of, you know, how it's all mental. Like, yes, she's strong. Yes, she's trained well, um, but she outperformed people that were technically stronger. Right. But right. Not mentally. That probably and, should have, you know, if you're just looking on paper, probably should have beat her. Exactly. And that's what I love most about physical fitness and the sport that you put on and the event and all that stuff is getting to see those people who might be those underdogs just on paper, but really on the inside, they're not. And they're the ones that give you that performance where it inspires you and inspires other people to, you know, do it on their own or to compete in their own events. It's really awesome. Honestly, uh, not to, uh, tote on you a little bit, but that's how I felt about watching your, uh, 700 pound deadlift. I was just like, shit, dude, like that was all in your head. Like, yes, you're strong as hell, (laughs) but I saw the way that you, your eyes looked before you touched that bar. And before I saw the rep, I knew it was going up just because of the way that you attacked it. And, um, you know, that's something that I try to, you know, live by every day too, man. So that's really cool. Um, what about the world's strongest manatee? Um, did you want to touch on? So, uh, you were announcing that was, uh, that was interesting. I, I've always announced my own shows and. You know, a few reasons for that. Actually, this year I almost, almost uh, brought out an MC. I was thinking about hiring on, and he's he's big time. Uh, Chris, I don't know how to say his last name. Uh, G Genove Genovi, but he does like Wadapalooza in Miami. He did Wad Wars last weekend. Uh, did not able was not able to make that happen. However, I love MCing. Uh, it's one of my favorite things to do and like be involved with the show. For one, you know, I have control to help expedite things like pretty well. Um, it, it puts my face out there for better or worse. You know, I like to be, have at least a little bit of a public face to these things because for, if it's a great show, you know, I do like some of my hard work to be recognized. However, if I fuck up and some things go wrong, I will also take all the heat. Like, that's cool. Here I am. Hello, Brandon. Like, that's fine. You know, I, I am responsible for that stuff. Um, but I do my best to create, like we just said, that energy, you know, you, you can do a lot as the MC to hype up the individual in the moment to, you know, set the stage to uh, get the crowd a little bit more involved. You know, one of these uh, events was a farmer's hold for time. So you had two farmer's handles implements at your side. And I know that's not a very exciting implement. It's a grip strength challenge. So like as a strong man competitor to fit that in, that's a good test of strength. Bit of a snooze fest. To yeah, watch. For the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Just standing there holding two heavy things. You know, and at least from their perception. Correct. And it that's yeah. that's all it is that's happening. Uh, but you can get the crowd to, you know, hype up a little bit more. You can you can give somebody ten to fifteen extra seconds just by like saying some positive words or getting a couple extra people to cheer in the stands, you know. So it's things like that that I have a little bit of control over that can just further elevate the show. Yeah. A hundred percent. And I, I mean, I like how, you know, I just, I, I like you as a dude. So, you know, when I hear your explanation of, you know, your emceeing and stuff that honestly just kind of goes to the type of person you are where you're continually trying to lift people up and help them to become the best that they can, whether it's, you know, holding the, uh, doing the farmer's carry hold, right. And just trying to get them an extra 10 seconds, you know, so that way they feel better about, um, the way that they competed, not necessarily trying to get somebody to win or not, but just trying to help that individual perform to the best that they can and to get the crowd into it, to help them to perform the best that they can as well. And, um, I think that's a really cool quality of yours, man. Um, you know, it just kind of goes all the way through with everything you do. Well, um, that's, you know, I want to tie back to that, that deadlift I did, we talked about this on the last episode, but uh, the M, you know, Brian Dobson, the owner of Metroflex and the MC, like, guy's a very special place in my heart. So hearing him say something positive to help lift me up, to help lift the crowd up, to lift me up, you know, I've I've been in all those positions where it's really helped me a lot, and that that you know, it, it's I don't just get that from nowhere. You know, I've been fortunate enough to be in a lot of really good moments where the same thing has happened for me. 
you know, so that's, that's it. It's just recreating those moments for everybody else. That's awesome, man. Yeah, no, 100%. Also, hold other people accountable if they are not ready, if they are, you know, whatever, you know, dicking around in the warm-up area. Like, I also say, like, hey, bro, like. It's time to go. It's time to go. You got 10 seconds to be ready or we're starting without you, you know. So, you know, like I said, just expedites the show and makes it a little greater. I do know next year I have very clear, specific notes on this that I'm going to be ready to have some more fun facts. You know, I try to do a good job of talking about the specific weights being used when the athletes are using them. Like this is a 110 pound Atlas stone. This is this much weight, whatever. But, uh, I'm going to like have some comparisons. So let's say somebody's carrying like a 110 pound Atlas stone, you know, that's the size of an average third grader. That they're carrying, <laughs> carrying shoulder 50 feet. Right, right. That's funny. Oh, as a 500 pound deadlift, you know, that's 150 pounds more than your average refrigerator. I, I don't know. what, Whatever, man. So yeah, just make it fun. There's going to be more stuff like that coming up. That's kind of the big, uh, the big thing I know I'll be focusing on. You know, that's awesome. And that actually was kind of going to segue into the next uh, topic about World's Strongest Manatee is, you know, what's coming up next for it. And, you know, you touched on a little bit about how you want to just as an MC, make it a little bit more of a fun and different experience in that regard with yeah. different facts, um, you know, carrying a third grader, that kind of stuff. <laughs> what are some other things uh, that are going on around in your mind with World's Strongest Manatee 24? I would like to get a couple more sports in the mix, uh, including but not limited to. I think I'd really like to get pro wrestling in or a pro wrestling cool. setup, right? Uh, sumo wrestling is a possibility. You know, maybe Highland Games, things like that. Another type of combat or two, because we had sword fighting and jujitsu. Maybe you know something else in the mix. So really looking at uh, bigger participation. Um, I've been talking with somebody about possibly doing a Spartan race type thing, like an I was obstacle say, course, maybe like Ninja Warrior. Or yeah, something. like yeah. some type of an obstacle course might be pretty cool for that setting. Mm-hmm. So things like that. You know, it's a celebration of. Uh, you know, strength and, and kicking ass. So yeah, things like body, that, to doing what it can work into the mix, you know, so we've already locked down the date. It's going to be March 2nd next year, first Saturday in March, uh, already locked down. So we're already kind of generating some ideas getting started, you know, that's awesome, man. So that's really cool. I mean, the last one was, uh, last March. So it wasn't even a month past so far and you're already planning the next one. Well, that we got really lucky at the fairgrounds because that was the only weekend in six to eight months that was available. Whatever had previously had that spot the first Saturday in March, they had dropped out. They said, we're not going to do, I don't know what the event was, but they said, nope, we're out. And that was the only one that they had available. Wow. You know, and this is one of these things where (laughs) we wanted to do an event around that time. This venue was perfect. It's right in both of our backyards. Uh, you know, Brandon grew up going to the Manatee County Fair. So a lot of things were lining up that really helped us achieve the success that it was. That being one of them, it just so happened to be the time we were looking for was open and available in what's basically a dream venue that we can stay at for years to come and really build big. Yeah, because the more you're at that venue, the more you get to know the space, how you can structure it. You know, like you said, getting like legends for where the vendors are going to be and just kind of getting more on top of the little details, yeah. Um, yeah. which is great because you got all the big details right. You know, typically it's the big things that are the hardest to get right. And it's yeah. all the little things that most people do. You know, yeah. like I've been to plenty of events with great legends, but then the events that are running are absolute crap because it's completely disorganized. So it's like, you know where everything is, but you can't actually get anything done. Yeah. Um, and so it's nice that you guys were kind of the opposite with that. Um, For my competitions, the way that they're going to grow is if, this is pretty much my mission with this. I want everybody to leave saying, wow, I had such a great time. I will definitely come back to one of Steve's shows. You know, that's, that's it. And like, obviously we want everybody, vendors, uh, spectators, et cetera, included, but for, for our growth in sports, we need the athletes to make sure why we, we just have to make sure that the athletes are taken care of. The show runs well and they have a good time because I've been to shows that were awful and I will not return to certain shows run by certain people. It's just that simple. No, it's a hundred percent. And I honestly, you know, what you're doing with that is the way that the industry is going in terms of competitions, whether mm-hmm. it's bodybuilding, powerlifting, you know, strongman, uh, Spartan race style, 
it's uh, moving more towards the athlete experience because for the longest time, athletes were literally just, you know, as bad as to say, kind of like circus monkeys, right? Like they're there to perform for the spectators and it's really more geared towards the promoters. The well, spectators, you have very little necessarily. options. Huh? You have very little options. So if you yeah. wanted to, you know, do bodybuilding, you could only do NPC. If you wanted to, uh, you know, compete in powerlifting, there's only like one guy in your area that runs meets, yep, you know, exactly. and especially like not only this area, but just overall, all these things are growing. And there's actually um, here in Bradenton, the the PCA, the USA chapters run right here out of Manatee County with uh, Ian Harrison, you know, and like they're, they are also people who are all about the athlete experience and they're growing fast. It's like no, no reason why, you know, like, or no surprise why, uh, as you probably know, or, you know, if you're listening, you don't know. A lot of bodybuilding shows, you have no idea what time you're going to go on. If your family and friends want to come see you, you tell them, hey, I'm I'm going to be going sometime on Saturday. It could be 9 a.m. It could be 5 p.m. Who knows? And they have it set to where, oh, you're in this class. You're going to go from sometime between 3 and 3.30. So mm-hmm. think about what that means as far as not only athlete, you have a better time to – you have a better chance of setting yourself up for success and planning that this show will run on time. Therefore, I can eat this way. I can prepare this way. I can do this, you know, instead of the whole guesswork where you're on edge and you don't know what's going on, but they can bring in more spectators because you're not committing your whole entire day to watch a bunch of people you don't know or care about just to see your boy up on stage for a minute. You know, you can give a dedicated 30 minute slot time where you're going to be like really in tune, focused, attentive. You can cheer for not only just like whoever you're there to watch, but like you're going to be involved with the whole show. I really dig that. You know, and, um, you know if I do eventually do a bodybuilding competition, I am going to end up doing the PCA. Yeah, those um, guys are awesome. Specifically because of that. Um, and, you know, it's like a lot to do with uh, just having autism. It's like I can't just sit around not knowing what's going to happen for the entire day. It will literally drive me into a panic attack. Yeah. Um, I need to have structure. I need to know what's going to happen. Um, and so that you know, is why I was looking more towards the uh, PCA if I do compete. Either way, I'm very happy doing what I'm doing, building my body right. in my own way. You know, um, I don't necessarily need to compete for any other reason other than I would do it to maybe help motivate people who are similar to me, you know, that have autism or, you know, some type of uh, mental health issue. Not that autism is, it's a neurological um, problem, not a mental health issue. Um, but, you know, I would like to, you know, maybe help, uh, motivate people one day, you know, and do a competition that way, just to kind of prove that you can pretty much overcome anything that you're born into, whether yep. it's, you know, a family, um, you know, a disability, you have a neurological problem like me, you know, maybe you lost a leg, you know, there's plenty of bodybuilders and competitors and strength athletes that have one or no legs that are really just kind of kicking ass 24 seven. And those are the biggest motivators for me. It's like, not really what you can do. It's what can you do with what you have? Right. Like right. what you were you born with and what are you going to actually do with what you're born with and how far are you going to push your potential? Um, and that's even, everything. You know, sometimes the, the card that you're dealt later on in life, I share this story pretty regularly, but I used to have a client when I was living in Chicago who had multiple seizures, brain cancer, multiple tumors. And there's still a lot that's inoperable that affects him because it's, you know, on his brain. Yeah. And I would have back to back clients. Um, I would have one who worked for himself, set his own schedule, could do anything at any time with his hours and never really applied himself, uh, was always kind of lacking on sleep, not really following a clean diet, you know, even with my coaching, uh, not making much progress. And, and all then the time we had that he wanted all the time, you know, had all the availability to like be on top of it. And then it would be that appointment and back to back the following one. Um, shout out Ira. I will say his name. Ira's a man. Had like every reason to totally quit and give up. And Ira made unbelievable progress, was always, always consistent. All the homework workouts he would get when we were training together would do it, followed everything I told him to do for his diet. And, you know, he had no proprioception on the right side of his body, which, believe it or not, improved with strength training. Uh, which was so crazy to see, you know, we were lifting free weights when we could only start with things like machines. And even then it was like kind of rough, you know, just being able to like literally grab things when you could not grab anything 
with his right hand before. But like point of the story is, you know, right. You, you have so much more in you than you think. Even whatever, whatever hand is given to you, you know, there are a lot of uh, things you can achieve kind of no matter what, you know, I don't, I'm not comparing myself to this, but like my genetics are not exactly the same of like half Thor Bjornson. I'm still trying to be the strongest, strongest person, person I can, can. be. Yeah, yeah. Right. And I'm going to hit some, some good high levels. Like I know it, but uh, I'm not just going to, you know, fucking quit because I'm not a six, nine Icelandic 100%. Viking. I mean, and the <laughs> thing is, is like, you know, for people like your client, for people like you, for, you know, people like me, it might take us longer to achieve what we want, but the discipline, the desire and the hard work to get there is tenfold. I believe, you know, like yep. we got to work a lot harder than most people do. And, mm -hmm. you know, that's kind of a gift in my mind because it makes a lot of the hard things in life a little bit easier because getting through every day for me personally is pretty challenging. So when I do have, you know, things in life that come up and come at me like randomly, you know, bad things, I'm, you can draw on your experiences. Yeah. I'm not too panicked anymore. Cause I'm mm -hmm. like, you know, fuck, I'm, I'm 34. Like I got to 34 having autism, like whatever. Let's just keep moving forward. Um, and you can, you know, you have, you can have a very, very, very strong impact with, you know, a group of people that need it. Um, you know, kind of back to Thor is like half Thor Bjornsson can release his like peaking program for peak strength. And I don't know, again, back to the point where that's like a six, nine Icelandic Viking with perfect genetics, perfect training environment, perfect training partners, this and that versus, you know, you might be able to be an example for people that really need it. Like, you know, People that may look up to you will never ever benefit from what Half Thor Bjornsson is doing. Hundred percent. You know, and I. I like you're the third person that's saying something similar <laughs> to me about yeah. that within two days. Yeah. Um. You know, it's it's uh, you gotta there there are you know your your tribe is out there you know so it's it's silly for. Again, I just gotta hit this point because so many people do it, but the Half Thor peaking program—it's no hate against him or something, but like again, if you're me. I'm five foot fucking eight, dude. I am not ever going <laughs> to benefit the same program. There's yeah. certainly principles and stuff that you can use that he has, but, uh, you know, look up to those people that have, that are similar to you that have had like the similar challenges. Like for, for strong man, it's much more important for me to learn from somebody like Rob Kearney, who's <laughs> dude, if they're, they're being nice, if they list him at five eleven, I don't think so. I think he's like five ten. That guy has no business regularly being in the top 10 of strongman competitions. He's short got bad genetics and all he does is just like work hard and work smart so you know you got to look at somebody like that instead of even brian shaw's another one no hate love brian shaw hope he wins world strongest man but i look at somebody again like rob kearney who it's it, it there's no reason that guy should not be in the top 10 of the strongest people walking the earth he's got totally no agree. right being there well, and then, you know, you want to, you know, transition that over to uh sport like bodybuilding, right? Like uh, one of the best examples of that is Nick Walker. You mm -hmm. know, he's one of my favorite bodybuilders. He's huge. He's got mass, but he really doesn't have genetics. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't really look all that pretty, but he consistently places now in the top three. He wins competitions all because of his hard work and dedication. You know, it's not because he's genetically gifted because he's not. And if you go on his Instagram, he talks about it too. He knows he's not genetically gifted, but he also knows that he's the hardest worker in the room. And that's why he reaches the levels that he reaches with not having the perfect genetics for his sport. Um, that's awesome, man. Yeah. You know, and that, that kind of brings in the importance again of mindset. That's really been almost what this, <laughs> whole, this whole thing is about, about yeah, so far. We can just keep chatting about uh, it. You know, there's so many things that, that go into that, you know, so just some things that I would like to throw onto this, you know, fire we're kindling right now is, you know, it's, it's our right to be in a place where like, maybe you feel discouraged about what you're doing, what your goals are, because everybody's human. And there are, you just have to accept that there are real moments of like, you know, doubt, uh, you might not have a lot of self-confidence, this and that. So, you know, something that I really like to own in on with my own coaching is a couple different things, you know, one is your environment, right? And that is a much broader term than people think right out the gate. You know, of course, a like good gym 
can matter a lot. You know, your friends matter a lot. Uh, but it's also the music you listen to, the things you do in your free time. Yeah, that's where I was going with it. You too. know? Yeah. yeah. So like if I'm going to, if I got to lock in and train for like a big deadlift, you know, for example, uh, I need to make sure that I set my environment right. That means like the music I'm listening to when I'm going to the gym gets me in the right mood. You know, whether you want to be like relax in a flow state, or if you like to be in that kind of aggressive, like attack, put on slayer mode, like that's fine. You know, use, use your strengths with you on that, but don't listen to some bullshit like the news or a podcast that I love that will be inflammatory. Like that. And yeah. I, I'm not trying to cut you off and we'll keep chatting about the same topic, but, uh, just hearing you talk about the music, right. And helping to set your mindset and your intention. Mm -hmm. Music is actually huge for me personally with my autism. So it actually, it helps me constantly. Like if I'm not doing a podcast with you, I have my beats in and I have music on 24 seven. Um, and I choose the songs. I choose the style depending on whatever I'm feeling that day. You know, if I'm feeling a certain way, I'll pick certain music to help me not feel that way. If I'm feeling a certain way and I need validation in how I'm feeling for that emotion to leave my body, I'll pick music that validates the way that I'm feeling and then it's gone. Or when I'm getting ready for the gym and I love the gym, I love training. It's my favorite place, but because I have autism transitioning and being out in public in general creates an insane amount of anxiety and panic in me. And I'll listen to music on the way to help overcome that panic and anxiety. Yep. I get into the gym and I actually have a playlist of my top three songs during every single workout that are the same every workout because they help center me and get rid of that anxiety while I'm doing my warmups. So yep. hundred percent, man, like environment isn't just what your house looks like or the gym. It's the music you listen to when you're driving to the gym, the podcasts, the news, what other aspects um, do you see that are included in environment? Well, I mean, obviously, you know, the obvious ones are, you know, your work life. Uh, you know, if you like hate what you do, that mm -hmm. carries into everything else. hundred <laughs> percent. You know, things like that. Uh, you know, are you in, it's, it's very extensive, but I think the biggest one is just what we talked about. Like what, what mood and what mode are you existing in? You know, and then there's other things too. Um, like, what do you just, what are you carrying with you? day in day out you know is there is there things like your your past traumas that you like really haven't gotten over that are physically manifesting in your body mm -hmm. you know it, it's just you got to really take the time to uh do that you know i i personally have in the past like year or so i've just like come to terms with a lot of things that i thought i had gotten through but the reality is i for almost my entire life, I've never been somebody that's wanted to talk to anybody about anything. Just kind of like move past it without working Keep through it. Forward. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, so, you know, like no shame, dude. Like probably, you know, pretty major alcoholic like through college and stuff. Dropped out because I couldn't get my fucking shit together. Um, even then, like smoked weed most days for like about a decade. Um, you know, had a like pretty serious DUI that shook me up for a while. And, like things like that, like. You know, I have no shame in sharing that stuff because I have now come to a point where I've conquered that. My past can't hurt me. My past has like made me who I am, you know, so. It pushed you to where you are today, right? And now you're engaged too. Given the and circumstances, so like, right. I'm, I'm, you know, in all these places where like things are going pretty fucking well for me. And it's very hard to, you know, notice these things in the moment. Like, dude, when I, when I got transferred to county. Like after my DUI, because like my freaking alcohol levels were so high and I got found with marijuana. Um, <laughs> do you think at the moment I was like, oh, this is going to be good for me in the long run? Like, fuck no, dude. No. Uh, but. Feels like that, the world's ending. At least I, I would hope. Absolutely. Absolutely. True story. Actually, when I was getting uh, transferred over to county, you know, we were shoulder to shoulder in a paddy wagon. And the guy that I was handcuffed next to was actively coming down, uh, <laughs> was coming down from uh, heroin. Right. Wow. I was like detoxing in the moment. So he had like cold sweats all over me. Freaking awful, dude. But uh, that really like snapped my head in a focused direction. It was like, dude, you got to stop hanging around these people that are not good for you. You know, the, the, the friends that you have right now are not in alignment with where you want to be. You know, the, the things that you're doing, the activities that you are doing are not in alignment with what your like soul deep down inside of you is. So, you know, you, you see those things and you work through it, but like, Again, I had to, I had to go back and revisit those recently and like admit like, yo, that really fucked me up for a while. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it like really, really did. But you know, once I did that, a 
you don't really know until you go through it. Like that way it was lifted off me. You know, that I, I, it literally feels like I had like 10 pounds taken off my body. I feel lighter. I feel looser. I can also bring my personal focus to much higher degrees and levels when I'm training, which as a, you know, strength athlete, that's very important. The more of your mental faculties you can bring to the here and now, the better. But, you know, it's just like nobody really wants to admit those things, but it's all like, it's all okay. You know, so that, that is really very important because that is also your, like we've been talking about, your environment is what you carry with you day in, day out. 100%, man. And um, thank you for touching on all that and sharing that with everybody too. You know, um, I've been going through similar stuff in my life as well, which is kind of interesting that, you know, we're both doing another podcast episode and I believe in very similar situations. Um, you know, you had your DUI, right? Um, and that's really kind of what helped jump you, you know, sitting arm to arm with that guy who was coming down with heroin, right? And like... Oh, um, and he was like puking and shitting himself the like 12 hours before that, before he got transferred. Well, that was your oh shit moment. Like, look where <laughs> I am. <laughs> right? And Well, dude, I mean, I had a group of four friends and... You know, one of them, one of them made it out. The other two, uh, one's dead from a drug overdose. The other is is paralyzed from uh, car accidents that he was like high on drugs on. Yeah. You know, and it, it's it's like it sucks to say it, but uh, goddamn, I'm glad I woke up because like I knew in that moment, it's like I'm gonna fucking die or I'm gonna go to jail or prison for a long, long, long time if I don't get out of this now. Sometimes it takes extreme action to do that. That was one of the impetus things that moved me to Chicago. I was like, I have to take massive action because I see myself in this cycle over and over and over and over again. I have to get out now. I dig that, man. And um, that's similar to me. Like, um, you know, I was recently diagnosed with autism about an ADHD anxiety uh, about six months ago. Um, But uh, to open up with everybody, I was told I had bipolar disorder my whole life before that. Um, I had behavior problems starting at the age of three or four. I was born in 88. So, you know, autism, diagnosing it, it really wasn't something that was around and about at that time. They still called people with autism retards. They put them in insane asylums and that kind of stuff. So, you know, my family took me to whoever back in the day, right, as a kid, worked with me a lot on like behavior modification, like showering, all that stuff, Um, transitioned till. I was about 13 and that's when he diagnosed me with bipolar disorder. I'd been on all types of medication my entire life, you know, from 13 until literally about six months ago. Um, and nothing ever got better. Like I continue to not understand why I wasn't getting better. I have been in therapy my whole life. I've been in treatment my entire life. Um, when I was 27, I just had this feeling that, you know, my family wasn't doing the best for me on purpose. Um, and that's a hard thing for me to kind of understand, especially having what I have, but they were mistreating me and mislabeling me pretty much on purpose because I continued to have the same struggles and they wanted to give me medication to help sedate me in a way. And that's when I moved out. I moved out at 27. That was kind of like one of my oh shit moments because my whole life, uh, nothing got better. And I'm like, I've got to fucking get out of here. So take massive action. A hundred percent. I moved out. But I moved out into a trap house because it was all I could afford. You know, I couldn't keep a full-time job at that time still at 27 because of everything that goes on in my brain. And so I'm living in this $500 a month apartment with my girlfriend, my new girlfriend at the time. We'd been dating for like two months. Um, I have, I got my first dog at that time too, you know, and I'm just looking around and um, after two months of living there, the power got shut off on her birthday because I couldn't pay the power bill. I was working at Goodwill. Um you know, for like twelve fifty an hour. And I was a personal trainer a little bit on the side. And I'm just like, like, fuck, like sitting, this is my life. Like the power's off. It's her birthday. Like, what the fuck are you going to do, dude? And that's when I, like you decided to take some massive action. I um, really started to get my shit together, you know, not for myself, for her and for my dog, as silly as that is. Um, and that's when I got a job at uh, Soldier Fit Sterling. Uh, I was the general manager the hat that I still wear today. That's part of why I still wear, you know, the hat and I still have my bag and all that because of how much it means to me. And, um, I had no business having that job. To be honest, I lied during my interview. I lied a little bit on my resume. I was not qualified. I'd never been a general manager of anything other than my own emotions. (laughs) 
And somehow I fucking figured it out. You know, the owner of that company really took me under his wing, mentored the shit out of me. Um, in hindsight, he wasn't necessarily the best person, but he did write professionally by me. And that job taught me all the skills that I now know today that has helped me to be successful. And so then I moved down here, you know, a few years ago, similar to you, you know, like you moved from Chicago, Chicago was your, you know, make it or break it place. Uh, Sterling, Virginia was mine. That's where this job was. Uh, Relocate down here. And, you know, the same problems that I've had my whole life came with me. You know, I thought it was because I was just getting tired of working at the same job for so long. Um, You know, did a lot of reflecting. Things weren't getting better. I was out of therapy and treatment for a while, still on the medications. And then, um, you know, just had another one of those moments where, you know, I'm sitting on the couch at night and I'm just like, what the fuck fuck is going on? Yeah, exactly. (laughs) 100%. Like, what the fuck's happening? Like, I've done everything right. I've been in therapy my whole life. I want to be better. I'm taking these medications. Everything's hard. I'm angry all the time. I'm in pain 24-7. Like, what the fuck is going on? Why can't I get my shit together? Why can't I feel good? Why can't I be happy? And so that's when I decided, like, you know, let's go get reevaluated. Like, let's see what is actually happening because it can't be bipolar disorder at this point. I've been trying to overcome it for 33 years and like nothing has ever gotten better. And so I go through this whole crazy treatment process. It took like two and a half months um, of like testing with neuropsychologists, like brain scan, like a whole bunch of crazy stuff. Um, And they came to the conclusion that I have like very severe autism and that I was misdiagnosed, mistreated. Um, They went through a lot of my medical files and a lot of it was because of my family. They wanted me to not have autism. The doctors, when I was 13 or 14, suggested having me tested and they said no. No. And so, you know, it's full circle now where I'm still trying to learn how to overcome those things that you talked about, how, you know, you've moved past those now and you're kind of moving in that direction. So I wanted to share a little bit about with you about that with you and everyone listening and also to just kind of in a long way, let you know that you're motivating me as well to continue to move past those things. Cause it's really, really hard for me to not hold on to anger and resentment. It sucks, man. It's very like, dude, especially with the, the society and world that we live in today, everything's very inflammatory. Everything, uh, you know, tries to fool you into what, they want you to think is important and this and that, but really the, you know, the best you're going to be, uh, the road you have to take to get there is like we talked about before this podcast, taking extreme ownership of your shit, Yes, you know, and, and you have, you know, now clearly made a lot of improvements because, you know, you had the, really it's about the courage and the balls to like, say like, I need help. (laughs) You know that you don't, you're not going to just get it all by yourself. It doesn't matter like whatever freaking story you read this or that, you know, you're not that person that's going to build every single thing from rags or riches with zero help from anybody on the way, Hundred you know, and that's, that's whether you're going through your like own personal battles, you know, professional help or like just having a coach, having a therapist, having like nutritionist, those things all count too. Um, you have to like, it's okay to admit that, you need help. I said earlier for like 30 years, I was somebody that never talked to anybody about anything. I am not that person anymore, man. I, I, I talk to people when I need it. I'm very open about, you know, what I am having problems with and struggles with. And it is like a, empowered me to become a better person. People think that, you know, you are less of something or somebody because you need help because you have to ask for, you know, your friend just like, Hey man, can, can I just talk to you about something? Like that's not the case. You know, the, you just have to really try and, and believe that you're not a burden to people and that you're going to be uh, a better friend, a closer friend, and just like a better overall person for like having the courage and humility to ask for help, you know, like that <laughs> and, and being a like a coach for other people, you know, it it's like very like I'm I'm honored with some of my clients. Like I really am kind of like amazed sometimes like I have some some people that are unbelievable ability and stuff. And for them to like, be like, Hey, I am like, I'm a freaking stud, but like, I still want you to help me. Like, hell yeah. That's exactly who I'm like trying to work with. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And not that I only have to work with people that are already this huge background, but like, that's what I like is I know sometimes 
that like some people are really sincere when they're like ready to make these changes because they like, you know, like we talked about are doing some of the work to be like, here's my weak point. I need help. I'm ready to work on this. Um, I've had to do that recently. Like <laughs> I have, I have two coaches now. I have a conditioning coach and a strength coach to work on very specific things that are lacking in my like athletic career, conditioning, overhead pressing. So, you know, my ego is not going to fix that for me. Yeah. It's not going to prevent you. Your, yeah, your ego, you mean like your self-drive is not going to fix. It's not going to just fix my overhead press. It's not just going to fix my conditioning. I need to like ask for people that are better than me that will help me do this. And like, Already, you know, I've got already doing new things, different things, creating a new reality that is like going to allow me to get better. But it's because I like got the fuck out of my own head. said like, God, man, I need I need some help here. Hello. <laughs> well, I love that, too. And like two things. One thing Joe Rogan says it the best, right? Most men lives live lives of quiet desperation because they don't talk. They don't talk about what's going on. They don't want to let it out. They don't want to be vulnerable. They don't want to have that hard time of working on yourself, you know, and that's, you know, a large part of what you're saying. And, you know, what I'm trying to say is like, it's okay to need to work on yourself. It's okay to push yourself. It's okay to be vulnerable. It's okay to make mistakes and to learn from them. And then, you know, the other aspect, man, I got lost. That's what happens to me sometimes. That's I'm right. actually proud of myself for not getting lost yet so far. Um, if, uh, it might come back. Who knows? We'll, we'll revisit if so. Well, you know, okay. Right. There it is. I remembered it now. The go. part for me that was so hard about me asking for help is because of having autism in my past. It is very difficult for me to trust people, not trust the information they give me because to me, information is information. But to be able to trust that individual and have them actually understand me because I am a little bit different than most people and that's totally fine. And my past, I don't have the best experiences with the people who are trying to help me. They usually are helping me with an angle, with a motive, you know, and not genuinely just trying to help. And they're usually not good people. And so um, that was one area that I had to kind of overcome in order to start to get better was just kind of giving up control in a way and yep. just being like, you know what? Like, I don't know if ways. I can trust someone until I don't know I can trust them. So why right. do I have that this? barrier up right at the start? You never, exactly. you never give them the opportunity to be trusted. Period. Exactly. And that's why I wanted to share that is because I feel like a lot of people who might go to your coaching services or might come to us or who might want to go it's to like, therapy. Oh, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> you know, but if you go in with that type of attitude, you're again, you're putting up that barrier that doesn't really even give them the chance to even try to help trust. Right. Right. Cause it worked. You got to, it's just something that happens. And um, you know, that that's kind of what I took from you right there where, you know, you're like, I I've got someone to help me with my overhead stuff and um, your conditioning. And it's like, you know, you, you trust them. Do you trust them? Was it hard for you to trust somebody to go ahead and do your programming? Like, you know, what was that experience like when you were looking for help? Uh, I don't, I actually don't have, I would say no on this one, did not have much of a problem trusting just because, uh, you know, I decided this guy's name is Maximus McCall. He's a coach. And the reason I reached out to him is because he has coached multiple lightweight and middleweight athletes in strongman to world records. So I was like, well, this, this is the freaking guy, man. I mean, if anybody's going to know, it's going to be him. I think it's him. Right. Right. I mean, yeah. he had a very specific you know, he has his clients have a very specific strength and the thing that I have a weakness in. And that's what, yeah. And I don't think sense. it is, you know, that doesn't to me say that like, oh, he's working with people that would have hit it anyways. I don't think so, dude. I don't think so, dude. There's too much, uh, there's too much proof there. And then, uh, you know, my conditioning coach, he actually recommended this guy to him and I, I trust his recommendation. So that's that. Like, I'm just going to. Trust the process. I just started that this week with uh, Mitch Bruce Smith, man. And I've done more uh, more Echo air bike this week than I'm probably ever in my entire life. It's, it's you know, it is what it is, but it's going to make me better. I will never, if I ever, no, nope, I'm not even going to say that. I've previously lost things on conditioning, but I know in the future I'm going to leave no doubt that I tried my absolute hardest. I'm going to work my freaking tail off on all this conditioning stuff that I'm starting right at the beginning of the Florida summer. 
So right. how does conditioning affect strongmen? Uh, like what? So just you know, for viewing, right. just because it's a question right. I'm curious about, or like you're working on conditioning. Obviously, well, I think the biggest overhead one, lifts is overhead lifts. That makes yeah. sense. But how well, does that impact it? Recovery between events. You know, like this is for me really being able about. There's sometimes you get like a minute, 90 second, two minute medleys where that is like, you got a ton of cardio in there. So for that specific instance, things like that, where you might have like sandbag carry, yoke carry, sled drag, farmer's walks, like all in one go, you know, so that's pretty important. Uh, but two, you know, being able to compete at your highest in like every single event, right? Because you might be able to, to go in and there's typically five events in a strongman competition you might be able to crush your first two and put on a hell of a performance, but then like your fatigue sets in. So it's like delaying that fatigue and being able to like have that high power output over and over and over and over again for makes a sense. very extended period of time over five events, not just one or two. No, that makes sense. Yeah. That's kind of what I was curious about. Cause like, obviously yeah. I know that an individual event in strongman, you have to have some type of condition, but they're really not necessarily cardio events. So I was curious as to, you know, what the, plan of attack was with improving your conditioning and well you uh, get you know overall enhanced recovery in your training too you know the better your conditioning is like the you know the recovery is is arguably more important than the training itself sometimes because if you're not recovering it doesn't matter what type of training you're doing but if you max out your recovery abilities to a 10 uh then you know, you get to train harder, you get to make bigger gains, you get to like advance way further. So that's like kind of where the conditioning comes in there is. Does know, the conditioning mess with your training though? And I'm not, not saying yet, just, I'm trying to push you. Just but like, starting. You know, when you're, we'll see. So I like, will say that like these guys are also working together. Yeah. They're in, in, you know, unison. So my like training plan like does have considerations for like, oh, well, Steve's deadlifting on this day. So like we need all the energy to go into that. And that's then I'm going to do Yeah. yeah so that's right. what I was wondering. Yeah, so today was, was an off day for uh, lifting. Didn't lift today, but I had, you know, I don't know, 20-ish minutes of like biking to do. Like you know, it. so it's not going to interfere if I do it like intelligently. And even that, if I do stuff on the same day, I have the luxury to be able to do it in separate sessions. So I could do it like, you know, four hours apart. You do your strength in the morning, get some cardio yeah. in the afternoon right. or something. Right. Makes sense. You know, it's just like, you know, limiting the parameters to get the best of, of both worlds in. Yeah. Because no, you can, really cool. you can, but like yesterday I wanted to maybe try something after I deadlifted heavy and I like kind of got on the bike and I started pedaling for 30 seconds. I was like, ah. Fuck this. Nope. Nope. I'm going to have a much better time tomorrow if I come back and like just, you know, do it proper. So. That's fair. Main reason I wanted to ask those questions is because, um, <clears throat> I want to start to improve my conditioning as well. Like just overall, I, I believe it's important. And, you know, I go for walks constantly. Like I get 13, 15,000 steps in a day. I have three dogs. Like I take walk breaks constantly at work. It helps me with my autism. Obviously walks are also just helpful for mindset and overall health in mm -hmm. general. And so I'm moving a lot and then I weight train four to six days a week, you know, so I'm definitely getting in that cardio capacity with the weight training. Mm -hmm. I superset, you know, every now and then, and um, I want to add in that conditioning and it's just, you know, like I'm not making excuses because I'm not, it's just reality and I'm trying to work on it. But like, because of the way that my brain is, I only have a certain amount of things I can do in one given day until yeah. my body and my brain are like, I fucking can't. That's the end of it. Like we're not doing anymore. And cardio always kind of seems to be that thing that is hard for me to work in between, you know, oh, getting my sessions in, eating the right Man, foods, no like fun. taking care of my dogs, like, you know, lifting is work, fun. hundred percent. Like yeah, eating is like, you know, even though cooking's a chore, like, Eating still fun. fun. That's yeah. like one of the benefits of hiring coaches is like, dude, I don't have to think about this shit anymore. I Here it is. Open up my phone. Here's what you're doing today. All right, cool. Got it. That's fair. Duh. So take the feelings. <laughs> yeah, dude. Kind of take the feelings and planning out of it and Correct. just and kind it, of execute. And it excites me to look ahead and see what's coming up. That's fair. You know, I can start getting my mind like ready and stuff. And like I've been, you know, last year was all self-programmed. Historically, my whole life I've been mostly self-programmed. But uh, it does take mental mental, you know, faculties away from you when you need to, uh, just focus on different well, decision things. fatigue, right? It's yeah. Like, right. You know, exactly. even though you're Perfect good at what you're doing, it. it's just the more decisions you make, the harder it is for you to make decisions. And it's hard to be objective about yourself as well. hundred percent. If I suck at something, I need somebody to tell me that. 
That's fair. It's okay. Like that's that's I'm not I'm not getting a coach for you to pat me on the back and you know tell me hey you're great. Hey, great job today. Yeah, right. You know, if like if I do that, like that's fine. But then that means they're going to make it harder next week. So cool. That's exactly that's how I am with my clients too. Like they'll you know? send me like their weigh in right, and it'll be like we lost two pounds this week, and they're like I worked out three times, and this is so cool. Here are my screenshots. Great my job. You're pal. nowhere near done. And I'm like okay, but like you were five thousand steps short, and you were. 40 grams low on your protein. So <laughs> although we're working out and our weight's looking good, like we still need to eat our protein and we Keep need to do this, that, bro. and the other thing. Right. Yep. And so, you know, I say those things not because I'm looking at ways to pick people apart, but just like you're saying, it's, it's like, your job. That's my job. My yep. job is to help people become the best that they can. That's why you wanted a coach. That's why you do what you do as well. Um, so you're working on conditioning, you're working on your overhead strength, uh, you're working on overcoming a lot of your past traumas, uh, things that happened in your past. What Conquering is your shit, fitness looking like this this year? So uh, competitions you're doing, events, like what is Steve going to put himself through this year physically? Uh, my goal is to train for so official strongman games, which is the world's strongest man for all the lightweight women's and masters classes. Right. So that's that's going to happen in December, but the qualifiers, online qualifiers in July. So that is the the current target right now. And um, so you got like three months, got a couple months. Yeah. Feeling pretty good about it. You know, I, like fact of the matter is, is uh, I got a pretty good shot at winning any local show that I enter. Not to just be cocky about it, but it is what it is, man. But, you know, you'd rather be the guppy in the ocean than the shark in the pond. It's like not really admirable, in my opinion, to be dominating the local scene and not not like saying that i'm just mr dominant over here but like i give a shit about being the best i can possibly be and that means i have to test myself at the highest level so step one qualify which i think i have a very good shot at qualifying and reaching that stage and then step two will be actually showing up and trying to piece it all together on the highest level so um that's really where we're at right now i'm like really super eager to do more competitions but uh i did I did 10 last year. I did 10 different competitions in 2022, like we talked about on the podcast. Yeah. And uh, I don't know. Now's, now's the time. It's like called extended off season, whatever, big long season. Who cares? I, I have to pick one and focus. Yeah. And I had a six month program for the 700 deadlift. I'm like more or less on a, you know, an eight, nine month program for December. So, so let's you qualify in June, right? July you, is qualifier. Sorry, you, mm-hmm. you qualify in July. And then you compete again in December? Yeah. Or, okay. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. where's the July competition? What's that? That's that's online and it's typically three tests. So uh, who knows? It's typically an overhead, some sort of stone or sandbag, and some sort of deadlift. It's typically some combo of that. It could be a farmer's walk, could be a yoke, who knows? But they say kind of like the uh, CrossFit Open. Okay. Here's, here's it. Anybody's eligible to join, go submissions and then mm-hmm. when when is the where and when is the competition obviously it's december uh, first week of december in charleston west virginia official strongman games that's super cool be on tv uh will not be on tv live streams available they have a pretty good live stream uh official strongman.com but it's uh world's strongest man for masters lightweights and all women's classes yeah no that's cool i'm just i'm just asking so that way i selfishly know where to be watching and following you on. And oh, yeah, then uh, obviously for our, our listeners as well. Um, that's awesome, man. So uh, any other uh, fitness events coming up or is that really just kind of the main one? For me, uh, competing in that's it. I do have three coming up that I'm running. Uh, August 19th, Tampa, Florida, Beast of the Bay Strongman Competition at the USA Fit Fest Expo. Uh, September 30th, World's Strongest Man, a team, the only team strongman competition in the uh, Southeast United States, one of only five in the country, September 30th, that's at uh, CrossFit Havoc in Bradenton. And October, I believe it's the 29th, but it's the last Saturday in October, Static Monsters, which is a uh, log press and 18-inch axle deadlift competition. That's part of a worldwide organization. So we have the Florida chapter of which there will be several thousand people competing across the world. So that's that's what we have uh, running up. So, you know, training hard, have the have the coaches so I don't have to think about my training too much and getting ready for August, September, October for three shows. And then it'll be, sure enough, it'll be time for me to compete. And it'll be time for World's Strongest, World's Strongest Man, Man right, 2024. Yep, yep. It'd be pretty cool. Um, I want to see you 
crush the world's strongest because it would be really cool for you to run the manatee event as a winner in that or placing, you know, at a high, high spot. Step-by-step step, to qualify would be pretty awesome to be, you know, so step-by-step step to be, to qualify for that stage would be pretty validating, but that's not what it's I'm about. just so excited for you. <laughs> yeah. I just think you're a good person and yeah. I know you work your ass off. So it's coming. Um, that's awesome, man. Any, um, any, anything else you want to kind of chat about before we wrap up our podcast, man? Um, pretty awesome episode so far. Any last minute things we want to touch on, whatever. No, I, you know, as, as things get a little more chaotic and crazy in the world, I don't have to give you examples. You can probably think of many. Uh, just cannot overstate how important your mindset, your environment, and like your level of self-love is to your success. You know, this, this is as a person, as an athlete, as a businessman, like whatever, like, you know, this is a world where we're very focused on our physicality, you know, physical therapy here, training, strongman, powerlifting, bodybuilding, you know, this is all physicality, but like never ever neglect the mental side of you because you're never going to bring your highest physical self without, you know, being at your best mental and spiritual self. So that is so important. Uh, ask for help if you need it. I 100% agree. Uh, we're both here for you guys. If you ever want to chat or you need some help, Steve's on Instagram. I'm on Instagram. Tideline's on Instagram. I genuinely mean this to anybody listening, not because I'm trying to get anything out of it, but if you need anyone to talk to about literally anything, fitness, mindset, you're just having a bad day, please feel free to reach out to us. You know, that's what we're here for. We want to listen. We want to help. Um, other than that, though, guys, thanks for tuning in for another episode with Steve. I'll look to have him back for a third episode, and maybe we can pick a specific topic that we'll just wrap on, um, which would be pretty fun. Um, but other than that, guys, thanks for tuning in, and why don't you say goodbye to the audience, Steve? Cheers. Thanks for listening. Uh, you can check me out on Instagram, Stephen M. Coin, and at World Strongest Manatee. You can check me out on either one of those, but uh, stay strong. Awesome, Steve. And they'll also, those will also all be linked in the description for you guys to uh, go ahead and click. Thanks for tuning in to another episode, and I hope you all have a really good day. Hey, real quick, before you go, I just wanted to say thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share with others by taking a screenshot of this episode and posting it to your story on Instagram by tagging at Tideline Sports Performance so we can repost it. And to stay up on all the latest from us, make sure you follow at Tideline Sports Performance on Instagram and Facebook. And of course, make sure you like and subscribe to this podcast. All right, guys, catch you next episode. <music>